Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash podcast, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm your host, Giants beat writer Susan Slesser, and today we welcome Giants third base coach Ron Wotus, who I know Giants fans are more than familiar with. Um, Ron, how many years is this now you have been with the Giants organization? Well, uh, good being with you, Susan, first off, and good seeing you covering the A's, uh, not the A's, but the Giants, so <laughs> looking forward to chatting with you. Um, I'm not real good with the math. This is my 24th season in the major leagues, oh, and uh, I played two in AAA for the Giants, and then I was in the minor leagues, managed seven, coached one, so that's 10, then 24, 30, 34 years, if my math is correct. Oh, my goodness. That's- yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Okay, so this is, you are definitely a good person to talk to as, as we're kind of getting underway here, um, especially as a coach and somebody who's been on the field a lot as a base coach at times. What was it like for you last year with no fans? And what was it like for you now with the return of fans, even in a limited capacity? Yeah, well, you've probably heard from other people, and I'm glad you asked that question because uh, it was as difficult as it's ever been in a game of baseball for me. I think I think there was years I hit 220 as a player, and it wasn't as bad as it was dealing with no fans and all the COVID restrictions uh, that we had last year. And then you throw on top of that, we were playing American League Baseball, which, you know, I've always been a National League guy, even as a player and, and as a coach. So there, it was it was extremely odd and, and so different. And uh, moving forward now to this year, you know, things are finally starting uh, to get back to normal. We have the pitcher hitting course. That'll probably change going forward. But, you know, more so than that, the restrictions, most of us are vaccinated now. We still have the restrictions, but they're getting easier and easier. And we're getting close to that 85% mark of the team being vaccinated. And when we hit that mark, um, a lot of these restrictions will go away for us and it'll feel uh, like uh, baseball uh, normally does. Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, base coaches, sometimes you really need to be heard. Um, Last year, uh, we could hear everything, like just from the press box, because there weren't fans, even when they were piping in. Uh, you know, fan noise. We could hear kind of every every conversation. Was that weird for you? You, you don't really even have to raise your voice when you're tra- telling guys things to do. Did you almost have to whisper so people didn't hear you? And you must have heard all sorts of crazy stuff you don't usually hear from, you know, opponents, umpires, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it was different. And it actually felt like we were, you know, scrimmaging or a spring training game is what it felt like with no people in the stands, to your point that, you know, a guy would get mad and swear or say something or you get mad. You heard everything. And, you know, the only blessing was I didn't hear any fans booing me, um, <laughs> you know, which was was nice to have because the cardboard cutouts, they, they, they had no voice. But not that that happened at all here in San Francisco, but it was an odd time. You can hear those things. I didn't have to whisper. Um, you just did what you did kind of in the same capacity. And, uh, it just felt so odd to be playing with no fans. Yeah. So now you're back having to actually yell when you're, uh, trying to tell guys what to do. Uh, and I'm sure, especially since you were really, you know, one of the longest tenured people in the organization, I'm sure you got some pretty warm welcomes from the fans during the home opener and during the whole homestand. During the introduction, uh, you got a very nice acknowledgement from the fans. What, what was that all like, and, and what's the interaction been with the, the fans, particularly at Oracle Park? 
It's been fantastic. You know, I coaching third, you know, that's one thing I really enjoy is seeing familiar faces in the stands alongside me. I try to engage with the fans a lot because there's so much dead time in a baseball game. And, you know, I've been doing it so long, but I like to say hello. I like to give the kids balls when I can. And, and, uh, so it, it's been more back to normal. And I was waiting for the opener just to see this park filled with people. And of course it wasn't filled, but you know, it's enough. It's still, it's still a little bit odd in the fact that you have a lot of these fans now, they think they're part of the game. And even there's only 10,000, you can hear them, you know, <laughs> so they're yelling things and everybody on the field are hearing them. And uh, some of them have been pretty entertaining um, to say the least so far. But it is a little bit different. I think if we can get this place fill up, uh, fold up, it would be more to the norm, obviously. And you won't hear those uh, those fans that are getting on players and, and trying to be part of the game with their with their funny lines and the things that they do. <laughs> the the individual voices might not stand out quite as much. Yeah, we we've heard quite a, quite a lot of that. And you're right, some of it is is pretty funny. Hey, you've seen an awful lot of good Giants teams, of course. This team has gotten off to a very strong start. Uh, what stands out to you so far with this this club? Well, we're a lot better than we were last year. That's number one. I think, you know, uh, the biggest difference is obviously the pitching. Um, you know, we've added some quality starters to the rotation, major league players, I like to call them, and also to the bullpen. You know, we had a lot of uh, uh, young guys in the pen that were really unproven. And, uh, you know, to the, the games you have to win, the closeout games when you have a lead, I think, is really a key success of a bullpen. And that's not easily done with guys that are unproven. You, don't, you know, it's a tougher place to pitch, despite what some people say. I, I believe there's only certain pitchers that can pitch late in the game and be as effective as you want them to be. So I think our pitching is, uh, is, is a lot better than it was last year. And, you know, that's always been our recipe here. If you pitch and play good defense, um, you're always in the game. And, of course, our offense was strong last year. Um, we're not, you know, I think we're very fortunate to be have the record we have now with our offense actually sputtering a little bit. But it's just like we used to play. You know, get the timely hit, uh, play solid baseball, don't beat yourself, and good things happen. And that's what we've done, and that's why we're three games over 500. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you if you're getting a little lonely at third base because at the offense has been the one one area I thought, you know, was an absolute surefire, no-brainer. The offense is going to be good from start to finish. They'll work at bats. It's been a little slow to start, and it seems like uh, when you're seeing guys, it's usually like they're passing you on solo home runs. But uh, what's it kind of been like for you standing at third base so much of the time just kind of watching? Yeah, you're right, Susan. Well, you know, I always envied uh, Phil Nevin over there in New York because he never had any tough decisions to wave somebody <laughs> in because all they do is hit homer. So his toughest decision is what kind of home run uh, high five or hand off the football. What am I going to do with these guys when, when they hit a home run? And I find myself talking to them. I've never talked to a player about what kind of what are you going to do when you hit a home run? So that's a, that's a little bit odd. And, you know, when the players uh, – aren't coming by i have the fans back so i get to talk to them and then keep me company but uh it's 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 been nice so far it's it's great to win games it's great to get off to a good start and you know one thing i think we have to take with a grain of salt everything that happened last year was only two months you know we talk about last season as if it was 162 and you know that's really uh my, my concern for for any club or even this club going forward 
because we have to play 162. Um, we need our depth. Um, we got a, a, some pretty good depth at Sacramento in the pitching department. So I, I feel good. I feel good about that. That we're going to be able to uh, hopefully pitch the ball, um, you know, for 162, and and hopefully we'll say injury free because that's another key, right? Especially with some of our veteran players. If we lose a guy or two, a key guy, um, it'll be difficult. So we have a lot of baseball left to play. But those are really the keys to having success. Now there was a lot of base running emphasis during spring training, from what I saw. Uh, and, you know, I talked to a bunch of people about it, and it sounds like it really attention to detail in, in all areas, but uh, ba- including base running has been key. And that looks like a, a strength right now. What are you seeing um, at third base in the base running game? Well, you know, Anton and, and Mac, uh, they've done a good job. We have also Mark and Nick behind the scenes. You know, what this coaching staff does, they do a lot of uh, digging. Uh, analytically and watching video, it's kind of like, you know, we don't have advanced scouts anymore. We have our advanced scouts. We're the advanced scouts. And when you have the number of coaches that we have, you can delve uh, into some of these tendencies of pitchers and statistics uh, to try to get that competitive edge. So between Antoine really staying on top of these guys with their base running and making it important, you know, we have meetings every day, a hitter's meeting. We always talk about the base running. You know, I've always believed you get what you emphasize. And I think, you know, the number of coaches we have and the guy we have in charge of the base running is going to hold these guys accountable. So it's at the forefront of their mind. Now, we don't have a lot of speed. Uh, but as you know, Susan, you don't have to have a, a lot of speed to be a good base runner. So we just want to get the most out of what we have. And hopefully we don't make outs on the bases that we shouldn't make. Absolutely. Uh, now, you talked about the number of coaches you guys have, which is a lot. I think it's 13. You're, uh, I, there's no nice way to say this. You are the oldest person on the staff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you, it's a pretty young staff otherwise. Do you get teased a lot or do, do you feel, do you tease them a lot? Because you've got, to, there's there's some pretty, and I'm one of the oldest beat writers, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, but do you have some good back and forth based on the age? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, look, that's all part of it. Um, you know, I, I do feel, I do feel the part now they call me old at 60 years old, but, uh, I do feel old because you just said they're all so young and, uh, you know, and they haven't been in the big league. So, um, but they give me a lot of respect as well. And I really feel like, um, it's a nice place to be. Um, with young players who were seeking out or coaches, you know, seeking out advice and, and ask me a lot of questions. So, you know, I, I feel honored that they engage me like that. So um, I'll take on that old coach title. It doesn't bother me one bit. I don't, I don't feel that old. So, um, but we get along well and, and there is a lot of back and forth. Yeah. It's good. You know, I, I think most coaches welcome, you know, that's part of your description is, Obviously, you're coaching players, but you're a mentor, and so it makes sense that you would also be mentoring young coaches too. So I'm glad uh, they're in in very good hands. Now, on the flip side, um, the team obviously, as you kind of mentioned, uh, it's con- you're considered now very new school, a lot of data, a lot of analytics, things like that. How comfortable are you with all of that? How much are you using all of the the new data and, and stuff that you kind of cutting edge things that you guys are emphasizing? 
Yeah, and that's a good question as well. I mean, I've always tried to adjust. You know, I'm working for my fourth manager in the major leagues, and I always try to adjust to whether I was working with Joe Carter when I was a rookie coach in the big leagues or or Oral Hershiser or, or you know, a Dubon, a, a young player coming up. You know, you've got to learn how to deal with people. I think that's the most important thing. As far as me and the analytics, look, I have a lifetime of experience. Uh, I've played the game for 11 years. I've been coaching my whole adult life. And I am who I am. And I believe what I believe because I lived it. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's good for me to be on this coaching staff because I think the majority of our coaches are analytically driven. And I know the front offices for the most part. And I think I bring a, a perspective that they would not have otherwise. And that's where I, I feel like I can, you know, banter with them on, on any subject, whether they're talking statistics or not. And I really think that's my real value here. And, you know, look, I, I try to, uh, you know, keep up on some of it, but I'd be lying if I said I'm trying to learn the analytical approach because that's not who I am. That's not what I believe in. And there's certain things that, you know, I, I do take in and I try to understand why they want to do what they want to do. But for me, I always go back to the person, the human element in my lifetime of experience kind of overrides any statistic on the field for me. We'll be back in just a moment with more with Giants third base coach Ron Wotis. But first, a reminder, you can find all the Chronicles, Giants and Major League Baseball coverage at www.sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. You mentioned that you, you've worked under four managers now. How, how would you describe uh, being a coach under Gabe Kapler? What's it like? How's it different, say, from your many, many years with Bruce Bochy? Yeah, well, it, it's completely different. Um, you know, it's a different style. Boch obviously was old school for the old school guys. You know, he didn't say he didn't say too much. He let us do all our stuff. You know, Cap is more of a communicator. He uh, engages with everybody. Um, and it's more collaborative. I think that's one thing that's way different. You know, I was the infield coach and would run spring training and that was my job. I did it alone, you know, but now we have multiple infield coaches helping, um, big decisions that we make or making up lineups. There's a, there's a collaborative effort. There's a, there's a lot of input on everything we do. So that's a completely different style. And, and Cap has been great. Look, he's treated me with the utmost respect. And uh, he's he's let me do what I need to do. And he encourages me to say uh, anything to anybody at any time. He, he wants me to to coach, you know, even though I'm not in charge of any area. He's given me free reign to uh, please put my two cents in. And and I try to do that up. I think it's very important in the area that we're talking about. So Cap has been great. It's completely different style than Boach. No question about it. And, uh, you know, that's uh, it's that's the way it is. So it's, it's a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, are you, you're still working with the infielders then too? Well, I help Kai. Yeah. I'm not responsible for him, you know, just like, uh, I, I was my whole career here until, you know, the new regime. And, um, so I help Kai, I assist him, but it's pretty much his program. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll give him input and, and my opinions, uh, sometimes, and sometimes he seeks it out. So, but we also have Nick Ortiz and Mark Halberg and, and other guys on the staff that their expertise is infield as well. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting group of infielders uh, that there's so much flexibility. You know, you've got guys like Solano and Flores and La Stella, 
um, who all can play multiple positions. You've got Dubon, who can obviously play, play shortstop at a high level and also play center field now at a, at a very good level. Uh, what, what's your overall impression of the infielders? And of course, you you know you've got the two reliables in the in the Brandons and 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 also Evan Longoria at third. Right, right. Well, you know, there's no question that they built this this club around offense, and you know. I think most of the decisions that we make is a little different than in the past. Um, it's, it's about offense and having the offensive man matchup you want and having the flexibility to get that matchup. And they believe in moving guys around the field just for that reason so you can get that offensive matchup. And that's quite a bit different than what we, we, how we went about it years ago during the championship years. You know, we wanted to pitch. We wanted to play D. Um, and our pretty much our regulars were our regulars. There wasn't a, a lot of platooning. There wasn't, uh, you know, matchups going on as often. It was, it was the old school way. Look, when it's your job, um, it's your job to hold down. I mean, when I first got drafted in the game, and that's the way I grew up in it. Woody Heike, my rookie ball manager, told us the Wally Pip story, right? It's, uh, you know, if you don't ever, you wanted to make sure we never, asked out of the lineup where we had to understand um, the pain from a real injury because you never wanted to leave the field to someone take your job. Well, those days are so far gone. And I think the players today have, have realized and adjusted. And our club is made up of, of basically matchup guys. And then, of course, as you said, we have Belt, Longo, uh, that are probably going to play more often, um, more like everyday guys. And, of course, Crawford who his value to the club is immense, in my opinion, because there's such a big drop-off for anybody else to play shortstop over Crawford. So I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. So it's just it's just a different approach. Yeah, It's a, it's a really interesting bunch. Um, now that the older players, Crawford, Longoria, Posey, Belt, uh, and I could throw Cueto, a few other guys in there, uh, and a lot of them guys you've won rings with. They seem to yeah. all be off to really good starts. Um, in fact, they're kind of fueling things. Even you guys aren't getting necessarily a ton of offense, but those guys have been right in the thick of everything. What are your thoughts on on kind of the old guard coming through early and, and what that might mean for the team? Yeah, well, it means it means good things for the team because I think without them, I don't think we're going to be able to go where, where we want to go. So we need them to have good years. They have great names on the back of their jerseys and they've had some great years in this game and, and we need them to continue to do that. And as you said, um, they are getting it done right now. And, you know, they got it done last year for the most part. You know, as to your point earlier that the offense, we, we scored some runs and, you know, listen, everybody's evaluated on how you're swinging the bat more than defense today. So um, if we're swinging the bat and, and they're swinging the bat, it's going to be a good thing for, for this ball club. And as we said earlier, here we are, three games above 500. And we really haven't gotten the bats going, but, but we are getting the key hits. And we're putting up good at-bats. You know, I think we keep the line move, moving, a, a line that boats used to use, right? You want to keep the line moving. And on-base percentage is important to, to this group. Um, they, they highly value that. And it's paying off for us. You've obviously spent so much time with Buster Posey over over the years. How much different does he look right now, maybe after the year off, maybe just being further removed from surgery with the way he's moving, especially with his hips? He, he was talking about the fact that he can turn on pitches better now. His throwing, obviously, has looked just superb. But how do you evaluate Buster right now and where he is, especially compared to, to maybe some of his younger years? 
Yeah, no, I, I think you, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. The two things that really stand out. I mean, the biggest difference over, you know, the last few years, because he wasn't here last year, not talking about his younger years, but the way he's able to turn on the baseball and, and get his, you know, get his hips through the swing. Um, he was pretty much a right field hitter uh, the last couple of years when he was dealing with that hip and, and other things that were going on uh, with him. So I have noticed that he's a little freer at the plate, and I think that's going to benefit him immensely. Um, as far as the defense goes, you know, he's always been one of those guys. You know, he comes to spring training. He doesn't play a lot. He doesn't throw a lot. And the first guy that takes off trying to steal, he throws a laser to second base right on the money. It's kind of like Bonds when he'd come to spring training. And first first game, he'd always hit a home run. It was just almost easy to him. So I, I think that the, the offense is what is really uh, opening my eyes. The way he's swinging the bat, he looks a little healthier to me. And that's going to be a big benefit to us as well as certainly his presence alone, you know, behind the plate. He's always received and thrown and handled the pitching staff. And I think really that's probably his biggest value right now to this group, especially is the calmness he brings to this pitching staff. I mean, we're at the, near the top of the league in pitching so far and not to take anything away from the pitchers, but I think throwing to Buster Posey um, is, is, is a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. Now, how do you see things the rest of the way, knowing the the group that you guys uh, have to work with um, some of the depth that you have right now at Sacramento and, uh, the upcoming schedule, which which is not necessarily kind this week because you got the Reds coming in and they seem to be leading the world in every offensive category. Um, yeah. But what, what's sort of your, uh, what are your thoughts now on um, the team going forward from here, especially in a very tough division? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think we need to stay healthy, number one. And I think one thing we have going in favor of us is that we do have platoons. You know, I mean, we do give guys off days. It's going to be 162. I think if we tried to run Longo and Flores and Solano and, and even Craw, you know, every single day. Craw has played every single day. I'm sure he could do it. But I think uh, these guys will benefit from some, some off days. And, uh, you know, they're going to get them because of how we match up and how we platoon. So I think that's going to be important to keep our players healthy and on the field. Uh, and along with the pitchers, I know we have some bullpen depth, so we don't have to overuse anybody in the bullpen. I think, you know, late in the game, obviously, we're going to have to see some guys take the bull by the horns other than Jake McGee and be able to pitch late in the game and, and close out those games you're supposed to win. Because, you know, if you don't win those games, uh, then you kind of expect to lose when you have the lead. You want, you want to nail those down. So that's the way I see it. Stay healthy. Um, and if we can do that and give, give our guys some rest, um, we've been very competitive so far. And uh, I, I look forward to more of the same. Yeah. But you mentioned McGee. My goodness. He's just been kind of a coach's dream at, at fans. Nobody, nobody likes watching a closer, you know, pick, nitpick and kind of be too fine and throw a ton of pitches or put guys on. This guy seems like he goes in and throws a complete minimal minimal amount of pitches and it zip 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 and he's out. What has that been like for you to watch as somebody that has seen so many closers and and some of them uh you know not necessarily quite as reliable? I'll tell you what, Susan, I absolutely love it. I mean, Brian Wilson, as good as he was, he had us on the edge of our seat. Boach had to go sit down on the bench in the back and not even watch because it'd be 3-2 on everybody, and then he'd make that perfect pitch on 3-2. And, 
you know, that's where you get the gray hairs and that's where you get the stomach churning. And, uh, Jake has done that. He's got that swing and miss fastball. You know, that's one of the reasons they got him. You know, it, uh, it's rise that they have where they, where they graded out as one of the tops in the game. And, and, you know, they believe in the high fastball a lot. And he certainly has that pitch and he gets a lot of swings and misses with it. He always has. And uh, he's done a great job, but we're going to need some other guys to help him out. You know, he was what three days in a row already. And it looks like it could be more torture if we keep playing these close games and pitching well. Um, I, I think we're going to be in good stead if we can close out the games because we do have matchups and guys on the bench where we can mix and match to try to score a run. So I think the pitching department is going to be very important. Uh, the bullpen will be very important in that regard. Yeah, you're 60, as you mentioned. Uh, how much longer do you see yourself doing this? Well, I think I'll be doing it as, as long as, um, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, number one. And, uh, I, I think that's going to be the key. Um, you know, I, I don't want to put any time frame on it, but, you know, I do think about, um, you know, getting out of the grind sometimes. I mean, the COVID last year, you asked how that was, that was extremely difficult to coach with no fans and go through all the protocols that we have. And, you know, Susan, you've been in this game a long time, your husband's in this game and, and everybody has their cross to bear with work. And, you know, I've been doing it since high school. Right. And you miss so much of real life, weddings, funerals, uh, a summer vacation. I haven't had to enjoy any of those things. So th it's getting close to the point where I would like to obviously remain in the game. But maybe uh, the grind of, of the season uh, is something maybe that uh, is not long, long in the future. Yeah. Well, I know you run it, you know, you said you'll do it as long as you enjoy it. I suspect that'll probably be quite a, a, a little, a lot longer. Thanks so much for joining us on the Giant Splash podcast, Ron Rodas. We really appreciate it. Susan, it was great being with you. Our thanks again to Ron Wotus for joining us on the Giant Splash podcast. Our producer today was Karen Creighton. We'll be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks for listening.